0: the reading room yes i'm Saad Manzool. and i'm travis howard this is reading room talk thank you for some play welcome welcome oh yeah welcome back y'all welcome welcome Oh, wow. we got a special one we got a super special one today we got a special special ir guest today wow. we got dr Mohammed lawyer out here how are you man welcome, hey welcome. hey what's up man i appreciate y'all having
1: me on the podcast my guy <laughs> welcome <laughs>
0: <laughs> Been a you're long here. time coming. Been a long okay. time coming, Thank Uh you, man. I appreciate you making the time. This is awesome, man. We love it, man. And uh you know you are like a you're like a real doctor like Travis. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, man, you gotta take this take us back to med school. Tell us what was your toughest class or rotation in med school? Believe it or not,
1: as a a board certified radiologist, anatomy man. Was was a struggle. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy, right? Because I just, I've always been a person who's methodical, like that needs to understand Mm -hmm. disease processes. And when I got to like anatomy, it was just like, you got to pinpoint, you know, and, and yeah, like, you know, certain muscles, certain nerves innovate things. And there's a reasoning behind how things work. And you can make sense out of things. But just just the concept of, like, pure memorization was difficult in the beginning. And then it ended up being one of my favorite classes to a point where I ended up being a TA down the road for anatomy. Oh, but, okay. um, yeah, it was, you know, med school was an interesting journey. I learned a lot about myself um, throughout yeah. it, I think, as many of us have. Yeah. Oh, for sure.
2: For sure. Was, a, uh, was it like a tough, tough
1: class, anatomy?
2: Did they try and trip you up? Or was it just memorizing without really even connection sometimes not even seeing the connection between what you're memorizing
1: yeah i think it was i think it was a ladder for sure you know it's just like you know you're reading the frank you're looking at it's not even reading you're looking at the frank netter book right and you're just like oh Bart. Right, all right, right.
0: All right, yeah
1: i gotta look at this i gotta look at that and then you got your uh, cadaver and you gotta put all put all of it together and depending on how much ta involvement you had and how many students were were um present on each body is just i don't know it, it was my first block, I just remember it. I was like, man, all right, I need to step my game up. I need to find new ways to memorize because just doing this isn't working. And um, what I ended up doing was I just did a bunch of modules, a bunch of those, like, online websites where you got to identify mm-hmm. things and just repetition, 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 and ended up working out well. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. Well, I, me and my,
2: uh, when, when my uh, Dr. Bosley, who was on the show, he said, we used to have this saying, repetition. was the mother of learning so (laughs) you want to learn you got to get your reps up that's facts that's facts
0: yeah part of that is is like when you learn it and it like clicks for you then you start teaching it like you said as a Mm. ta then like you'll know it forever so that's awesome you're able to do that stuff very cool man and uh so tell us tell us where are you from where'd you grow up where's your family from yeah,
1: so born and raised in Maryland. Um, oh, been here places. yeah, local, man. Actually born at Holy Cross Hospital here in Silver Spring, Maryland. Oh, wow, that's hilarious. Uh, so yeah, life life made a full circle here. Um, yeah. and went to went to high school here, undergrad at University of Maryland. Oh, well,
0: you gotta you gotta start out the high school since we're we're,
1: we're yeah. local. Oh, S- S- uh, Seneca, Valley, man, Germantown, Maryland, screaming oh. Eagles. Ju. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to give a shout-out to my UMBC guys out in Baltimore, too. I was there for two years, Golden Retrievers. Uh, yeah, then nice. I made the transfer out to University of Maryland, College Park.
0: Um, oh, man. Did they, they call you a when they did
1: that? <laughs> <laughs> Terp Nation, bro. Yeah, listen, when, when UMBC <laughs> made the um, 316 and, right. and they did their yeah, thing right. in the playoffs, You know, everybody was like, oh, who are you rooting for now? Because, you know, Golden Retrievers
0: <laughs> are in it. Where are the Turps at? Uh, all so all so right. I got a lot yeah. of heat for that and they they took down uh uva a couple years ago too Yep, right? yep yeah exactly man, man. that's wow. awesome man. very cool very cool now did you did you have any family members who were in medicine or how did you like kind of get interested in it
1: yeah so my in my direct family is just me um but my mm-hmm. uncle and a few of my cousins are in medicine so how it all started as with any Brown family is, oh, son, you got to be a doctor or you got to be an engineer. Right. <laughs> yeah. so, so that's where the interest rises. And uh, yeah. I started taking science classes and whatnot, and I thought it was actually interesting. Um, then I started uh, volunteering at Shady Grove Hospital. Um, and then oh. I was a scribe. Oh, Michael, I love you. Yeah, man. Then I was a scribe for the emergency room. Uh, docs out there and um it was a good time and oh, so honestly real quick,
0: can you can you describe yeah. what the scribe does because i feel like people hear what a scribe does but like what was your day-to-day being a scribe?
1: so day-to-day was um you know I, I was pretty much shadowing the er doc the whole time mm-hmm. and they would they were very good they would take their time, they would teach. And, you know, if somebody came in with chest pain, they would kind of say, all right, well, these are some of the things I I think about. This is my differential diagnosis. Before I even see the patient, these are some of the labs, some of the imaging I may want. I want an EKG, et cetera, et cetera. And then once you you pre-fill out a form, pretty much the HMP, or if you're all electronic, then you take an iPad with you and start filling things out. Um, and then once you go see the patient, you're plugging and chugging and, um, you do have some degree of interaction with the patients. Um, I'm sure things have evolved. This was back in 2000 and 2008, 2009. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit a while ago. Um, and then you would fill those things out. And, um, afterwards you would kind of debrief and say, all right, well, you know, this is what I heard, this is what I did. And sometimes if there was an interesting finding in the physical exam, you know, they would take a pause and kind of teach you those things. So I thought it was really, really helpful just to see, you know, what real life clinical medicine is like, um, as opposed to just, you know, seeing it on TV shows or reading about it. No, that's a great gig, man. I think you're like a resident before you even got into
2: medical school. Yeah. So 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 amazing. (laughs) And I'm sure you learned a ton that, you know, that just got you hit before you even before you even walked into a medical school.
0: So that's that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, like all this terminology and just like the smells and like the location of things in the hospital, that's all major. So can, <laughs> yeah, the smells. You know, just true. be ready, you know, like yeah. Yeah. You can just be ready. Yeah, like when when, when you're in med school and that's your first time in the hospital, it's a little little strange. So you yeah. know, hopefully that's what exactly. that, it's time, you time to get again. to. Get to. <laughs> yeah man
2: i love it man It's awesome a relaxed setting too you know mm-hmm. attending just sharing with you they're not evaluating you you're there to help them so it's a different bit of, a different beast you know yeah exactly
0: yeah it's yeah, awesome man very cool very cool so like along your uh journey here like did you so you kind of were like on the medicine path like the whole
1: uh, not really man i was i was pretty much gung-ho going medicine um in my initial dreams were playing basketball but um i quickly realized that that's not going to be a reality um <laughs> after riding the bench in my 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 entire junior year uh, but you know i i love basketball but um yeah medicine was pretty much what i thought about the entire way now there were times in in undergrad where i was like man this is tough like should i really be doing this should i think about something else but you know, I had a lot of support. I had some role models that I looked up to, uh, including my uncle, um, who was an ER doc, actually. And he really motivated me, kept me going. Um, we got to shout him
0: out, man. Shout him out.
1: Yeah, man. And rest in peace, Abdul Ghani lawyer. He was um, an ER doc, right, graduated from Pakistan, working out in Chicago. So um, he stayed with us for a couple of years. Good dude. And, um, you know, really went through a lot just being a first generation immigrant here and um Kind of setting setting up the roots here and um, kind of going through it all, man. It was just, it was really motivating to see, you know, even after going through what he did, he was still very passionate about medicine. Even when he retired and stopped working, he went back and taught for the medical school he graduated from, which was Dow Medical in Karachi, Pakistan. Wow! So um, that degree of the passion, man, is just always stuck with me, and and that's why I really look up to like even NBA players that have that same work ethic. Um. You know Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. We're not gonna have a goat debate right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I try I try to replicate that as as much as possible. Um, you know, obviously this is we have a life outside of out of medicine as well, but I try to replicate it as much as possible in the work I do. No, that's good, man. It's good. It's
0: a good comparison because I feel like, you know, the amount of work that you have to do, it's, it's, it's very similar. Like you, you have to do a lot of work behind the scenes. And then, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're doing, people don't see, like a lot of studying that you're doing, people don't see, you know. So, like, you know, when you're like actually in the hospital doing something like this is after like, you know, years and hours and just a long time of training, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it's very, very similar, like being an athlete, like being a and being a doctor, very, very similar. I agree. So tell us. Tell us more. So tell us uh, from D.C. to Maryland, like, was there a particular reason or was this kind of like trying to figure out what to do for med school or what was, uh, yeah, what was your was, rationale behind that?
1: Yeah, it was just more resources. And then, um, you know, it, it, that was the main part. It was it was resources. The commute was getting a little bit too much for me and College Park was closer to home. Mm. Um, and I had a bunch of friends that went to College Park as well. who kept saying great things about it so that's why i decided to make make the change um and transfer after my sophomore year and have no regrets it was a great time had a lot of resources there um i think it set me up for success and um created a network for uh for me i'm you know Ah. still friends with a lot of those people um that i went to school with and um that's where i actually met my wife and um you know now i'm married with three girls so
0: everything happens for a reason (laughs) yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. very cool very well, cool. well tell
2: yeah. me you're in you're at college park what were some of your difficult courses there and 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 how did you
1: maneuver how did you
2: get into medical school
1: yeah so you know the, the biggest challenge I had was just kind of figuring out how to study right like I've, I've never been a memorizer so I really had to kind of figure things out and and one of the challenges were after I grad as I was graduating undergrad was all right I need a I need to jump up my GPA but do I do an extra year and do an MPH program do I consider, you know, doing a research year? Um, Ooh, because the crossroads,
0: very interesting. yeah,
1: yes. yeah. So I didn't know if I was going to be competitive enough to match into a U.S. medical school. So you know, I thought about it a lot. I talked, I talked to a lot of a lot of people um, about what route I should take. And mm-hmm. osteopathic medicine was not new, but um, they were starting to gain a lot of steam at that time too. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that time, there was still a lot of hesitancy at that time, right? It's like, all right, well, am I going to be looked differently being a osteopathic doctor? Um, Mm -hmm. and the other option was going to a Caribbean med school and then having that stigma behind you, like, all right, I'm going to be an international medical graduate. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, when it, when it came to it all, I had known several doctors, who were practicing and who had matched successfully, um, that went to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go that route and, um, went to American university in St. Martin, um, yep. had a couple of buddies that went there as well, and they were very successful. Uh, so went that route, um, and had to study really, really hard and make sure that, you know, I, I take advantage of all the resources that are there and, not i don't want to say isolation and make the caribbean island seem like it's a scary place because it was a great time uh but it's very easy to get distracted you know especially when you're far away from friends when you're far away from family mm-hmm. uh, and all you really got is like all right i got water in front of me or i got the books like which one would be picking today um, <laughs> yeah. so you know some, sometimes those decisions were tough but um you know you had to know that all right i'm here for 20 months mm-hmm. and this is it for me. There's, this is, I got a chip on my shoulder. I got to make it out and I Mm got to, I got to prove it to myself that, yeah, maybe I might have been a little slow in undergrad to get that GPA where I needed to be or MCAT score or or whatever, whatever the scenario is. Um, But, you know, one thing that I always hear and, I personally heard every time I went on rotations was like, you know, we like, I, we actually like international medical graduates, or we, we like students who went to the Caribbean because they have a chip on their shoulder, they do the things that some others may not. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where I developed that mentality was like, all right, I, I really need to get it done. I need to be a team player. Um, and I need to work extra, extra hard and keep things going. Um And I mean, it's a blessing, man. Things worked out. You know, I networked, I met the right people, got into diagnostic radiology, and um, then I'm mastered in interventional radiology at Emory University, where I did my fellowship for one year. Oh, man.
0: See, this is awesome, man. So we got to talk about this. These are like, these are major, major steps that you made. Absolutely. First and foremost, like, I think you had an uncle who, like, trained overseas and then came, you know, was here. So you could, like, see, you had, like, the path, like, you could see someone who did it. And then came and, like, you know, was, was successful here. And then you also knew people who went to the Caribbean, mm-hmm. you know, went to school and then came back. You know, sometimes if you don't have anyone who did that, then, like, you get stuck in that hole, like, you know, like where people are talking about, oh, you should do an MPH and you should, like, take more classes. And I mean, you, you just went and did it. You were just like, let me just go overseas. Let me handle these two years real quick, you know, get through all my tests, you know, crush step one. And then. Be back in America in twenty months, like you said. So that, yeah. that's that's major, major accomplishment, and uh, it's good that you had that vision too. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, it was tough. I, I kept going back and forth whether I should
1: do MPH program, and I had gotten accepted to a few. Um, yeah. But when you kind of narrow down and really look at the raw data on percentage of people that go into med school after the MPH year, yes. it was yeah. at yeah. that at that time it was about thirty to forty percent, and you're sixty k in debt at least.
0: Yep.
1: Um. So I was like, man, like, is this, is this the route I need to take? And and yeah. that's where you know you gotta sometimes trust your gut instincts, or you gotta talk to people. You gotta have a network, and and some people don't, right? They're they're first generation doctors, and right. they, don't, they don't have friends that are in medicine, and it's kind of you just researching on your own, and yeah, there's a lot of information on the internet, and some is right and some is wrong, and that's the most dangerous thing about the the Wide web. Yeah. But
2: You drop the gym, man, like, you know, 40%, 30%, 40%, and then the amount of debt that you go into, if you you look at the numbers and then you look at the folks that can come out of an American university and go and match and do what you want to do, like, that's information that people need to really hone in on, I think, when you're trying to make that decision. So big ups to you for having that insight, man, doing that. And what? dropping that insight for everyone.
0: <laughs> like You know, like, people who don't have, like, the uh, resources to talk to people, like, yourself. I and mean, it's important for you to put that information out there because, I mean, I remember kind of being in a similar situation. Like, you know, every sophomore, junior, you don't know, feel like your GPA is high enough. You start looking at different options. And everything you hear read about the Caribbean is, like, negative, negative, negative. But, you know, like, but then, like, you meet people who are actually who, like, trained there and came and did residency in America. So it's, it, it you have to, like, put it together, which is, which is great for you to, you know, be on the podcast, dropping this info for people, man. We appreciate it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, you know, it's, it is a grind.
1: And when you're out there, you have resources, but you know, attrition rates are high.
0: So. Yes. I mean, you know, so yeah. one, can, can you tell us like, you know, cause one of like the myths, I don't even know it's a myth, but like, if you can kind of go into like more of the detail, like, you know, they say that it's like kind of set up as like a pyramidal, you know, system where like only a certain amount of people move on from first year to second year, and then there's a test you have to take in order to take boards. Can you kind of go into like more detail regarding like those uh, situations?
1: Yeah. So full disclosure, I mean, I don't know if things have changed since then, mm-hmm. but I think I think the number is a myth that like oh, the second year can only take X amount. I don't I don't think they're in the business of doing that, um, mm-hmm. and this is just a generic statement for all the caribbean med schools yeah i think um, you know it's it's very easy to get distracted and they do have certain criteria that you need to take um some some caribbean schools do have tests um, that you need to pass um, but we had a very standard course you know it was Mm -hmm. you took three to four classes um and you took your final exams you took your exams obviously your block exams and you needed a certain percentage you just needed a pass to go to your second Mm -hmm. year so if you didn't do that then you would either have to repeat one class or whatever your Caribbean school's criteria are. If you need to repeat the yeah. semester, or if you drop out because you didn't pass all your classes, um, then it's a different story. But, you know, it's, it's really about focus. You know, it's, it's definitely doable, but I think what happens is people come to the Caribbean island and like, all right, man, this is undergrad all over again, and <laughs> I got exactly. out right in front of me. I got all this Caribbean food, and yeah. there's a lot of distractions, right? I mean, that that place is made for tourists. Yes. Yeah. So when you got somebody there who's still pretty young, right? Like you're, what, yeah. 22, 21, yeah. 23 years yeah. old, you're still yeah. young, you're trying to have fun. So it's easy to get distracted. For sure, man. How are you able to stay focused, Mo? man? Man, for me, it was just, I already knew that, all right, I'm already at a disadvantage. And I understood that, right? Because that's what I kept reading is, all right, you're going to be an international medical graduate. When it's time for you to match, programs are already going to weed you out. Mm. So the programs that aren't, you better have something to show. And that's kind of the mindset I kept in the back of my head. It was just like, all right, I got I to gotta make it happen like this is on nobody else this is on me there's yeah. no excuses i got the book this is in front of me now it's just me putting in putting in the work that's it
0: yeah oh that's awesome man so so i mean you basically uh i mean you did like the impossible basically what people would say is like you went to you know caribbean school but then you ended up matching into radiology so you got to kind of describe that whole process to us like how did you make that happen for yourself because that's a major <laughs> accomplishment not not most people even have like you know the audacity to think to do something like that so how did how did you make it happen
1: yeah so i mean you know for you know it was a lot of unknowns but um after i studied really hard for step one and did well mm-hmm. um then that really opened up doors for me and this was back when we still had scores and as you know now <laughs> step one is fail. <laughs> so. Okay. Uh, So that really kind of opened doors for me, right? Then I could start thinking, all right, I can apply to internal medicine. I can apply to diagnostic radiology. I can apply to this or apply to that. Mm -hmm. So then it was about me just kind of narrowing down what I really enjoyed. And I knew that I wanted to do something hands-on. I didn't think I liked surgery. I did a surgery rotation. That was my first rotation, And more oftentimes than not, like, you know, a lot of things we did was it was all preoperative planning. And we kept looking at imaging, kept looking at imaging. Mm. Um, And we would also take that imaging and then we put it together with the clinical picture and kind of come up with a treatment plan. So that part I thought was very fascinating. Um, And then we had a few patients where, like, nobody knew what was going on and who did the doctors go to? Right, the doctor's doctor, the radiologist. Honest, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when I was like, man, this is this is kind of dope, man. This is like you know, you got Batman, Dark Knight situation here. Like I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm feeling this. Oh, I love it. So um, in the cave. Yeah, right. So, um, so then I was like, all right, I'm not, you know, radiology, is something that's on the back of my mind. And then my next rotation was internal medicine. Um, mm-hmm. I truly enjoyed. GI pathology and GI physiology. And that was something I was looking forward to rotating through. Mm. So that was like one of my high priorities. Um, So that was like, all right, internal medicine. If I get that, I'll do GI. Then I had my diagnostic radiology rotation right before uh, application time. And it was a great rotation. I did it in Long Island, New York, um, where I ended up actually matching for residency. Um, So, I did my rotation there, there and had a great time. Um, shout out to my program director, Salman Shah out there. Great mm-hmm. dude. Uh, big yeah. time manager for me and um, helped me kind of navigate through everything and, you know, set the expectation straight about what international radiology is and, and what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, once that opportunity was there, once that door opened um, I kind of stuck with it and applied to both um, because, you know, your your Caribbean medical advisors will tell you, hey, listen, you got to have a backup plan. Shoot for, the, shoot for the moon, but also have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. So I applied to internal medicine and radiology. And now this was a time where AI was popping up, and people were uncertain. And a lot of people were telling me, listen, man, don't go to diagnostics. Like, you're not going to have a job, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that was out there. Yeah, yeah. It's still so, out there. So I I hit up one of my mentors and I was like, "What should I do?" And he was like, "Listen, if you're good at something, your job is not going to be taken away from you." Mm. And I don't I don't know why. Like it sounds so cheesy, right? But but I, I I don't know why. I just I was like, "Yeah, you're right." And <laughs> I stuck with it, <laughs> and I stuck with it, and I'm glad I did. So really? I, I ranked
0: my radiology programs at the top,
1: mm. and then. I, uh, my internal medicine programs and um things worked out man and then oh, you, you gotta know,
0: tell us what was that what was that situation like you getting that info that you matching the radiology how did, oh, how did you
1: and I, I i i didn't even believe it at first <laughs> I, I didn't even believe it at first and i, I was scared to tell people that i had i had even interviewed for radiology because i was like right. man, there's no way i'm gonna match into this and yeah, um, right. so you know once i got it i was just like
0: goodness man this is a blessing um, oh, and feels like I'm sure I felt like you just you know just kind of like makes you feel like all the decisions you made were like the right decision. I know? know,
1: I know. It's just like you know, you start to piece things together. You're like, all right, well, I went to the Caribbean to rotate at this hospital. This <laughs> hospital now matched me, and now from this hospital, I met this person who put <laughs> for this person at Emory, and then I got into Emory, and then at Emory. Shreyas Patel shout out to him Mm. he was uh, uh, a fellow one year above me and then he put a word for me at MapMG and now here I am. There you go you
2: know what I think Mo that says so much about who you are and the people you come in contact with and how they they respect you and the hard work that you do Mm -hmm. and, and so many other things about you other than a test score or a GPA or those things that are put you know, in the application. Um, I personally enjoy working with you, man. Outstanding interventional radiologist brings some good energy, some excellent bedside manner, some wit, some ingenuity. Man, it's up on the literature. I can go to Mo and ask him what's the latest and greatest. I (laughs) I love that about him. Um,
0: I appreciate that. uh,
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to use this, you know, I also notice that you're a man deeply rooted in your faith. And you take the time to pray and I, I respect your commitment to that in spite of what, it, how it may be perceived by some. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know, maybe you can talk a little bit about that because I think, you know, there are probably applicants out there, people who might struggle with, you know, having a different or, or um, you know, how how their practices may be perceived by their attendings.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great question. I, I think, you know, the mindset I have and the belief I have is you got to be firm and stand what you believe for. So if religion is a top priority for you, as it is for me, um, I try to ensure that I'm clear in my communication. Right. Like I'm not, you know, we as a Muslim, we have Friday prayers. So I'm not going to sneak out and kind of just go pray. Right. I'm, I'm going to make make a note like, hey, listen, I got Friday prayer at this time. And when I was a trainee, I'll just say, hey, is it OK if I step away for 30, 40 minutes? to go attend. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never really got pushback from any faculty, from any of my colleagues ever because they knew the work I brought in, right? Like I was, I was always present. I was always available, right? The three A's of success that everybody talks about being available is number one, right? Mm -hmm. Being amicable is number two, being friendly. And then the third one and the least important one is able, right? Are you able to do your job? But, I pride myself in being available, you know, being responsive, and and having communication um, with my colleagues and faculty at that time. So, I'm a firm believer in that. You know, if that's important to you, you you definitely don't hesitate. Whether it's on rotations, whether it's in medical school, um, or even in residency, like, do not hesitate to just let your attending though, Hey, like this is, this is required me to do. Um, is it okay if I take my lunch break during this time? And sometimes, you know, like to be quite honest, it's it's not easy for you to leave for Friday prayer, especially when you're in a, in a um, specialty where you're a proceduralist and you're doing procedures and there's Fridays that I miss um, and that's okay. Um, you know, it's just, it's all about the intention. And um, if you do that and you feel satisfied with yourself, that's the most important thing.
2: Yeah, that's great, man. Shout out to your strength to just do that and, and let people know straight up, you know, I, I don't know that everyone has that strength to, to, to tell their supervisor or their attending or their senior resident or whatever what's going on. But
1: yeah, um, I hope
2: that they are encouraged after
0: hearing you and how, how you do it. Um, so thank you. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it, man. No, that's awesome. And plus, like, you know, you you need that faith to make it through, you know, whatever that faith is, you know, yeah. like you goes through your whole journey, like you need it. So yeah. you got to pay it the proper respect. And um, I mean, that's, that's exactly how you got to do it, man. You got to be honest and stand up on it and you know like if 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 you hear some something negative you know for doing it i mean that's at least you told the truth you know yeah for sure that's that's super major i remember like when i was in a residency like uh like on friday you know we had our like noon lectures and i remember like i used to like on fridays i'd like i would just disappear for like 30 minutes afterwards go to the prayer because like it would be done at like one and then i would come back to 130 and like you know my mistake was i never told anyone I would just disappear, and then like when I came back, they're like, "Where were you? Where were you?" And then like they'd have an attitude, and you know, like all the yeah. past aggressiveness. But then eventually, like one of the 10, was like, "Why do you always disappear?" Like after uh, <laughs> after uh, you know like lectures on on Fridays, I was like, "I went to the prayer." I go to the prayer, and then he's like, "Oh, you should just tell us."
1: yeah, like,
2: yeah. All right,
0: that's, that's okay. all man that's all that's i would have loved to see his
2: face where you or her face when you said that i was <laughs> yeah. I sure now what
0: <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> oh okay. but you know it's a mistake on both ends you know like i should i should i should have said something but again like I, i'm a little older i probably trained at a time where like everything wasn't as uh pc you
1: know so yeah yeah, yeah. And, but, uh, and things are things are changing too right yes. like you yes, know yes, now yes. we have courses um as faculty to have more awareness of these things um sure. so you know there's there's a lot of a lot of movement going on in vaccines i feel like and we're becoming um more accepting and and just more knowledgeable right i think a lot of us are ignorant of of each other's religions and mm-hmm. each other's stance. um so i think all these courses and and what they've done all these powerpoint presentations that some of us you know just click through they're they're actually insightful and um mm-hmm. i think they're important to really push the envelope to the next
0: level no oh, absolutely absolutely and just having the conversation is important too because like you mm-hmm. know, you'll learn something about someone you know like you know i feel like my attendees didn't even know i was muslim until like they asked me and then that opened up other conversations to have and yeah you know, i think it's important like you know just having that communication with people that you spend like so much time with is it's important to just be you know honest and be yourself so i think that's yeah. awesome that you were you were uh proud and brave enough to do it from the beginning unlike am yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But awesome, man. This is, uh, this is awesome, man. So tell us, um, so you ended up, did you ever consider like when you're in radiology doing like, uh, like some type of Diag fellowship or you just IR all the way?
1: I was pretty gung-ho IR from the beginning.
0: And, um,
1: you know, it was, it was another hurdle that was coming my way. That's when the society decided to make the fellowship two years. Oh man, okay. yeah. So, <laughs> oh, so man. there was chatter about that happening. There was chatter about you know IR being its own residency and fellowships positions not being offered anymore. Right. Um. So I was like, man, you know, it's I just can't catch a break. It's it's something. That, it's one thing or another. Uh-huh. Um. Thankfully, I was the last year of the quote unquote <laughs> fellows. After that, they were called independent residents. Um. Or you were integrated integrated resident if you did the IRDR combined residency oh, so I was the, I was the last year of the fellowship class um shout out to 2019 IR fellows out there oh man um, shout So out to yeah man th- things worked out and um you I, know what um, I was gonna
0: say can I just say yeah. if you would if you would do the MPH you would have had to do two years of IR fellowship <laughs> no, exactly <See? laughs> that's it's right everything
1: everything works out man. Yeah. Works out, man.
0: <laughs> goodness Oh, that's awesome, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's so good. I mean, you just got to stay the course, you know? That's stay it. Stay the course and, you know, feel like, you know, you 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 had all the right mentors. You talked to the right people. And uh, you had all the right information. You just had to get it done, which is awesome. Yeah.
1: I mean, like Drake says, God's plan. Oh, God's plan. oh, the Drake <laughs> I knew
0: it was coming. <laughs>
1: I had to drop it in there.
0: Oh, man, I love it. Oh, it's so good. So good, man. It's
2: Mo, so good. tell me the most difficult thing you faced and how did you, how did you overcome it
1: through your journey thus far? Let's see, man. That's a great question. You're talking about medical probably, right? All of that. Yeah, all of it. All of the life.
2: Back, all the way back to the time, you know, I remember Mo was telling me, I worked with him one day, he was telling me how his dad made sure he was stayed on the straight and narrow and made sure he was doing what he's supposed oh, to do. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. big <laughs> thing man, well, I, respect, I respect that a whole lot, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, you had some pressures. You had, yeah. you had to yeah. juggle, you, you know, it's like. So Um, I know you face some adversity and and I know you can can help those.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I think one of the biggest um, turning points in my life was when I had my first daughter and I was still a resident. I was studying for um, for boards at that time. And it was that was kind of biggest hurdle was like, all right, I need to learn to stay the course, get through Mm -hmm. this right and fellowship interviews and whatnot. And also be a good father, and um, I think balancing that out was tough. Yeah. And my wife was great in handling that. We had a lot of support um, from our parents as well. Um, but you know, it's it's easy to be very passionate about what you do, right? Especially when you've been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. Especially us as doctors, and um, and I don't know, man. I, I I love IR. Like when you're doing procedures, it's just like a adrenaline rush, right? You're just it's just second nature. And and I kept getting caught up in that. And I had to take a step back sometimes and say, all right, you know, like, I love IR, but I also need to spend that same energy and time with my family. Um, and I think that really put things into perspective. Um, COVID happening here really helped me kind of realize things, too, especially when a lot of family members, a lot of close ones were passing. Mm-hmm. It really put life into perspective and showed what's important and what's not. Yeah.
0: Oh man. That's, That's so true. true. That's
1: it's true. hard. It's really hard
2: to balance. You know, I feel like um my generation, younger, we really want to be active active dads and we want to be a part of our kids' life as much as we can. And it's it's hard sometimes to balance that that career mindset and also being just as good of a father or, or putting more energy where it belongs. So yeah. it's, it's not easy
0: nope it's a balancing act Mm -hmm. it really is is. you got to be very very uh careful with your time and energy like you said so i mean it's 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 always it's a work in progress yeah for sure you need that you need three a's for parenting too yeah right. that's right Oh, okay. it was awesome, man. We appreciate you making the time, man. We'll get you get, get you out of here on this one. So tell it's us life. what would you tell? What would you tell someone who's uh, struggling and you know undergrad or med school trying to make it through? What would you tell them to uh, help them uh, get by?
1: Yeah, I think I think the most important thing is is you know stay in the course. And when you stay the course, and you understand that there's multiple factors that are going to affect what you do that's when you will truly succeed. If you think that, you know, it's just a I and team kind of situation, if you think you can get through something just by yourself, it's never going to work out. You got to understand that, hey, listen, I got to depend on others. I got to lean on others. Um, and I have to develop a network. And I got to be there for my friends and family at the same time. Like there's got to be enjoyment in what I'm doing uh-huh. outside of what you're trying to achieve. And when you do that, it's a long-term game. If you don't do that, then you're going to burn out, and it's going to be a short-term game. Oh, man,
0: true facts. I like that. So true. So like true. No, that makes sense, man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you have that experience, so you know exactly what you're talking about, man. That's exactly right, man. So
2: Speaks awesome. to balance. Speaks to balance. Speaks to endurance. Speaks
0: to self-determination. You know, all that's wrapped up in what you said. Um, <laughs> I dig it. And you have, like, a special talent finding the people who got the information that you need. And that's awesome. So, yeah, like, man. and that's that, that's and that's something just by like you know, just your personality being able to just step up and talk to somebody and get the information that you need and you know, let them know that you're serious. You know, you're not mm-hmm. like you're not joking around here. You're You're right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. But we appreciate you making the time, man. This was awesome, man. We got the Mo Lowdown right here. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no. I appreciate
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: it an <laughs> yeah, honor to, to be on the show, man. man. Oh, dude, this is awesome. I appreciate you making the time, man. For sure, for sure. Likewise. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. And uh, until next time, stay low and keep firing.
2: subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you get your
0: pods. Good man, that was that was chill, dude. I liked it.
1: You dropped <laughs> some gems for sure.
0: All oh good. man, yeah, man, that was that was all gems. That was awesome.
1: I like man. it. I like it, man. I mean, y'all set it up. Y'all wow. y'all threw me the assist. I I just had to tap it in.